Hey everyone, welcome to the Horror Geek Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Ann, and with me is my co-host, Justin Corbett. And for those of you who don't know, I'm the owner and editor-in-chief of HorrorGeekLife.com. It's a site that covers all things horror, geek, and gaming. And I'm a writer at HorrorGeekLife.com as well as a contributing editor. So this week we have a special guest with us, Randy Greenback, who is the executive director and producer of Friday the 13th, the game. Hi, Randy. Hey, how's it going? Good. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, yeah no, no problem. This is going to be fun. You are the, I guess, second official guest. The first, though, is a writer for Horror Geek Life, so he doesn't count as much. <laughs> he doesn't count? <laughs> I don't know if I said that. <laughs> no, but um, you're the first, I-, I guess, official guest of the podcast since we've started. Well, that's awesome. Yes, and it is very appropriate that you're here because this week is our Friday the 13th edition because our show will actually be out on Friday the 13th, and I know you have some awesome news that we'll discuss about the game here in just a little bit, so we're excited to talk about that. I'm excited as well. Like lots of stuff to talk about. Lots and lots. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay. So before we get to that, we'll go ahead and cover a little bit of horror news that we covered on Horror Geek Life this week. First up was kind of big news. John Carpenter confirmed that the Halloween coming out in 2018 is going to ignore every sequel that has ever been in existence for Halloween and is going to take place after the first film in 1978. That's really cool. It is. So we had a writer, um, our, our actually our lead editor. He kind of went down the rabbit hole a little bit with an article this week that talked about because it was assumed that it was taking place after Halloween 2, the original Halloween 2. And he kind of went down the rabbit hole a little bit talking about how would Michael Myers at 60 with a gunshot through his eyes burn to hell? How would he be able to survive this entire time and start killing again like what has he been doing all of this time so there were a lot of questions around michael and what would happen if it took place after part two so this kind of erases all of that (laughs) this entire article it erases that but there's still a lot of questions like what has he been doing since the late 70s took up some hobbies you know taking it easy you know trying (laughs) to de-stress i mean maybe and why now like why is he coming back after his sister now so it's going to be fun to figure that out it's kind of been hit or miss, it seems like, with the fan base. Some people are pretty excited that it's taken place after the first film so that it can kind of ignore, you know, because the franchise just kind of went off, right? Um, of course, part three didn't even have Michael Myers. Still love it, whatever. But then the other films went off into like a supernatural realm. And then it went back to the storyline uh, with Laurie Strode in H2O. She dies in Resurrection. I mean, it was kind of a mess if you just add another film in there now, right. especially yeah. starring Laurie Strode. So it's going to make it more cohesive. But then, of course, other people who love Part 2 and H2O are kind of bummed. Yeah, they'll get over it. <laughs> <laughs> My advice, what I plan on doing, is watching the first film right before I go and see this film. And that will just kind of help me be in that mindset of this is the only film that exists for this coming film. I'm going to watch all the other ones so I can bemoan the fact that they did this. <laughs> <laughs> so you can be one of the people that find stuff to bitch about. <laughs> oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be pissed. I'm just telling you that right now. You should live tweet it as you're watching. Just live tweet it. <laughs> I just watched several movies and they all don't matter. <laughs> Not one bit. <laughs> hashtag Michael Myers. Hashtag, hashtag memory wipe. 
just put them all in there. Yeah, so that was pretty big news. Like I said, that was probably the biggest news that came out uh, this week for horror. And I'm excited to see what they do with it. Yeah, me too. Moving on. So there were a million trailers that came out this week. Star Wars The Last Jedi just hit. And that was a crazy impressive trailer. Uh, It didn't impress everyone as we've seen uh, people chiming in on social media, but it impressed me. What did y'all think? I liked it a lot. I mean, people online are just going to gripe and complain about everything. They can't just be happy. Oh, me? (laughs) What did did I think? I I, I think I was confused. I was like, why are there stormtroopers on a football field? What's happening? And I think that's all I saw. (laughs) Actually, no, I I really liked it. It was was awesome. Yeah, it looks really good. I mean, we get to see Luke Skywalker training Rey. Uh, We get to see Rey learning to use a lightsaber. And showing that she has more natural ability with the force than you know anybody that Luke's encountered except for maybe Ben. And then see Kylo kind of exploring a little bit more of the dark side. Get to see Snoke a couple times. And then at the very end, there's a really cool scene where Rey is like, I just need somebody to tell me where my place is. And uh, you see Kylo like extend his hand to her, which is kind of cool. I'm not really sure where so, it's going to go, but it's it's interesting to say the least. You know, none of that matters, though, right? The only thing that matters from this damn trailer is that Porg. I mean, that's like the only thing I've seen. It's a little <laughs> cutesy creature that's with Chewie. And everyone is just raving about this. I, I think it was trending this morning on Twitter. And, like, we got this epic trailer in my eyes, this epic trailer. It actually showed character development within the trailer. And everyone's talking about this little hamster thing. <laughs> yeah, better than Jar Jar, that's for sure. Well, it'd have to be. Maybe. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of, I, I'm very cautious about overly cutesy little things in, in films, and I don't know why. I guess usually because... Because it gets overused. It gets overused. You didn't love the Ewoks? Okay, I did. I did. You didn't love Gremlins? But, you know, Ewoks, like, they were tough. I mean, they were cute, but, like, they were tough. But... I guess it's like when they get too cutesy, it kind of takes me out of it a little bit for some reason. So I'm hoping this doesn't do that. (laughs) But that's all I've seen mentioned this morning on Twitter. (laughs) I think it depends how much screen time it gets. If it's just a cute little thing that Chewie has as a pet or whatever, and like it's in a couple scenes, I think people can like it. But I think if it's in the majority of the movie, it's going to become really tedious. Like Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is a really good example. Like I loved Groot in the first movie. But in the second movie, they severely overused cute baby Groot. And I think, yeah. it, I think it detracted from the movie quite a bit. So I hope they don't make the same mistake with Star Wars. I, I, heard, I was on Reddit today, and they said uh, that little baby animals in like 90% of the movie. Yeah, I think he's in a lot because apparently it stows away and um, it annoys Chewie. But I guess they become friends or something. I don't know. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Prepare yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, the second biggest trailer that hit this week was Justice League. I'm real excited for this. Oh my uh, God. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. I'm one of the few people that actually enjoyed Batman versus Superman. I didn't love it. I didn't think it was a great movie or anything, but like, it's still so cool to see the, the Holy Trinity from DC come together and, uh, to see the whole team assemble in Justice League is going to be even better. I think Aquaman, Jason Momoa was such a good choice. Um, uh, we finally get to see him in action a little bit. There's a scene where he's like in the air killing, you know, flying little demons from apocalypse and a cyborg flies by and scoops him up and then hurls him like through the air. And he like pierces another one of the demons and like falls and like lands on the Batmobile. It's pretty amazing. 
Yeah, I I was really surprised at how colorful it was. I don't know if that sounds weird or not. I just didn't expect all of the color. Uh, That's just something that really stood out to me. And, of course, they kind of covered, you know, the death of Superman. And I actually did not like Batman versus Superman. Most people didn't. I was not a fan. Most people didn't. That's a pretty unpopular opinion. Actually, (laughs) not. It's not. Like, I I, I feel you. I feel you. I did like the last fight scene, the end of the movie. I did, too. Uh, everything else kind of before it just kind of fell flat for me. Like I felt like the characters weren't acting like themselves. It just bizar- it was bizarre. I was like I was watching, I don't know what I was watching. It, it just kind of surreal. Like who did this? Why? Are you, why is Batman acting like this? Why is Superman acting like that? I don't I don't get it. I, I feel like yeah. uh, the theatrical release had a lot more problems than the uncut extended version. I mean, it's a really long movie. It's like four hours when you watch the full ultimate edition but it adds not seen that. it adds a lot more into it and it really explains like lex Luthor's motivations and why certain things are happening a little bit more um i feel like the ultimate edition's much much better than the theatrical version i will say the other than the the main fight scene at the end which i loved that's when i fell in love with wonder woman and i still am just so in love with her but i think the best thing about batman versus superman besides that was bruce way's accountant And that's because it was my friend, Chris Newman. Hi, Chris. (laughs) I had to give him a shout out while we're talking about it. (laughs) No, but I mean, he he did do a good job. (laughs) But uh, but yeah, so I'm really excited about Justice League, though. I I am thrilled, even though Batman versus Superman was a flop for me. I I just think especially after seeing seeing Wonder Woman, I I think it's going to be a lot better. Yeah. And it does seem a lot more colorful, like you were saying before. I think DC's maybe kind of changed their outlook and they're okay with adding more humor and lightheartedness to it. There's a lot more of like that buddy humor in the trailer than we've seen from other DC movies so far. Yeah, I would agree with that completely. Yeah. So excited for that. Okay. So let's head on another trailer that came out this week. Pacific Rim Uprising. Were y'all fans of the first? I loved the first one. (laughs) Sorry to stomp you, uh, <laughs> like a giant robot would, but uh, or monster. But uh, yeah, I, I like I love the first. Uh, I just watched the the trailer for the, for Uprising, and uh, it looked amazing. Um, it's one of those quick cut trailers that just kind of pulls you in, and it's it's mostly action and like big CG effects and stuff. But uh, but yeah, I mean that's what I expect from it, and and it delivered. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Justin? I think the the new monsters are pretty awesome looking, especially the giant one that they all have to unite to fight against. Like Randy said, it was just action packed. You could see a lot of the Jaegers. There's a couple of motivational speeches. There's not much to it. It's just action and like <laughs> a cool backing track. And uh, it looks like it's going to be just as fun as the first one was. Yeah. And I think the first one, I mean, it didn't do that great in the box office. It did really well in China, but it didn't do great in the box office here. And so maybe this one will do a little bit better perhaps hopefully um okay so the last trailer we're going to touch on before we get to gaming news was one that didn't seem to go huge but it caught our attention and that was replicas with keanu reeves did y'all check that one out Hmm. yeah i did i have not it's hard to buy keanu reeves as a scientist of any type (laughs) (laughs) why I'm just saying, you know, the movie looks pretty cool. Like, it's a good premise. The robot thing that he's working on is kind of cool. It's about a guy whose family gets killed in a car crash, and he can't bear to lose them. So he's this uh, engineer who's developed these, like, replicant clone versions of his family, and he transplants their consciousness into them. And then, you know, of course, like all clones do, they start to go crazy. But uh, 
it, it looks pretty interesting. Yeah, I I mean, I love Keanu Reeves. Even, okay, like Knock Knock. I thought Knock Knock was technically a pretty bad movie with horrible acting. But I still enjoyed it just because I enjoy him pretty much overall. But I'll check this one out. Yeah, I will too. Maybe. <laughs> I might okay. check the trailer out. <laughs> yeah, check that out first. Okay, so gaming news. As I said before, we have a lot of news to cover, and it's all Friday the 13th, the game. Okay, Rady, so your team has a lot coming out this Friday, which is Friday the 13th. Can you tell us a little bit about what's coming? Uh, Well, hopefully all your listeners already know about the game in general but uh so i'll just skip the explanation you know it's friday the 13th the game so uh, if you're a fan of the franchise then you'll probably like what we built but this friday we're dropping so many things it's kind of ridiculous uh we have uh rain we're adding rain effects to all the maps and that's that's really a big thing because uh fans have been asking for that from the beginning since we uh were even on kickstarter you know are we gonna have rain on the maps and it's no light game dev task at all, but uh, we felt it was important. I mean, rain is such a huge part of uh, the movies, and it drives a lot of the tension. And you know, it it makes uh, many of the scenes in the chases that happen at night in the rain uh, that much better, you know, and that much scarier. So we felt it was uh, something that needed to be added. So we're including it in this update, especially for Friday the Thirteenth. So not only that, but we also have Part Four, Jason coming and also the jarvis house map uh what else do we have we have an emote pack coming a party pack with a whole bunch of dances and and different uh (laughs) silly gestures what else do we have i know i'm forgetting oh mitch floyd the hippie okay is that chuck it's basically okay (laughs) but but let's say his name is mitch floyd i'm gonna say it again Mitch Floyd. you know my obsession with part three Anyone oh, yeah. who knows me knows my obsession with part three and Richard Brooker. But, you know, whenever I see that, it's like, I know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> it is indeed uh, kind of an homage to him. Yes. So what made you pick him? Just I mean, there's so many characters that you could have given tribute to. Why him? The biggest thing we're doing is we're trying to, like, uh, mix it up. So we're, we're, we always wanted to hit a lot of the tropes from uh, the Friday the 13th movies and from horror movies in general. You know, F-13 kind of uh, led the way and had always had a good representation of, of you know, the different cliques in high school, if you will, um, within their movies. And uh, I just felt like uh, Mitch stuck and Mitch fit and, uh, you know, or, or Chuck, if you, you want to call him that. Uh, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I mean, we already have a, a wide cast, a wide array of uh, of counselors. So we're, we figured, hey, this guy could definitely like surprise some people. He shows up and he doesn't quite fit in a lineup with everybody else. <laughs> no, so, no, not at all. Right. So uh, he's fun and we can play with the stats a little bit and give him a unique feel for gameplay. OK, so he's going to be playable. Is he going to get a, a man bikini? <laughs> you have yeah. a bathing suit pack now and so i played friday 13th this last weekend for like four hours on friday night uh-huh. and i had to see tiffany's ass <laughs> and chad's oh, yes. so many times he stuffs so yes <laughs> chad stuffs so is chuck getting the same treatment or is he just going to be like in board shorts and um, he doesn't stuff. I'll just say that he's, he's, he's very, very, a very large, uh, has a very large member. <laughs> no, 
who's creating these people? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anymore. Um, okay, so I guess that that'll be fun to see. Um, okay, and about the rain, by the way, I'm very excited about that. When I was playing, I kept thinking about the rain element coming. Because I, I was in a party with a few different people here and there, and the the weather coming um, came up a few times, and so I kept trying to think, okay, what about right now? Because you know me, you've played with me before, Randy and Justin. Y'all both have. I'm final girl a lot. <laughs> I'm I'm <laughs> like that last survivor running the map, just trying to survive. And so whenever I was doing that, and my heart's pounding. I was thinking, oh man, if I had rain right now, I my adrenaline would like be through the roof. So <laughs> I'm really excited about that. So with the other updates coming, um, are those going to be for a fee or are they free? Um, they're they're all free. The only one that that is going to be a fee is the emote pack. That is uh, uh, something we're going to sell. It's not like a required element. It's if you're into emotes and using them, go ahead and pick it up. But uh, if you're if you're not into them, then you totally don't have to buy them. They're not going to affect your gameplay. Uh, they just help you communicate and have a little more fun. And and you know you get the dances and stuff, so you can be silly while you're getting killed. Awesome. And uh, whenever you're in the game and you want to use the emos, how easy are they to, to pop into and use? Um, they're actually really quick to trigger off. It's just a, a, a quick button and then you point in the direction and then uh, and then choose the one you want. And they come up on a, on a wheel. So you kind of pick which ones you want to set up for your character, which ones you're going to use during the match. And then you can just call them up really easily. And then after this huge update, which should definitely be enough to satisfy, especially getting the Jarvis House map, does that include the party house next door? It does. It does. It's like uh, I challenge everybody to go ahead and watch that movie sometime uh, either before or after you play the new content on the new map and compare it against what is actually there. And you'll see, uh, hopefully you'll see, it's, it's, it's quite accurate. I'm really excited to check that out. You know, I'm a huge Tommy Jarvis fan, especially part six. <laughs> and then I can imagine that as you're running around this weekend, you're going to see a lot of bikini Tiffany's <laughs> dancing around. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably going to be, I mean, I mean, you see a lot of those constantly. I, ever since we dropped the spring break DLC pack, the clothing pack, um, it's pretty much Chad's and Jenny's. Uh, AJ's and uh, and Tiffany's definitely the most often played. I think people just like to stare at her ass as it jiggles left and right. It was in my face <laughs> for like so long. I guess you know I'm an AJ girl though, you know for obvious reasons. And I, I don't I don't think her bathing suits match her personality. I okay. think she needs like more like purple black skull. She she's so punk. She is she punk. Needs, she needs some very um, edgy bathing suits. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, the artists, when they were doing it, uh, kind of went a little more towards, uh, like, she's a little insecure about herself. Yeah, when she stands there, she kind of has her toes together a little bit, like, awkward. <laughs> so, yeah, I could see that. But anyway, great content. I'm really excited to check everything out this weekend. And uh, I've already been getting a party together. So Awesome. Oh, yeah. And are you twitching this Friday? Um, I should be. I should be playing. Uh, I think I'm actually going to be playing on the PS4 this week. If if not PS4, then Steam. And like, uh, we've already been getting a whole bunch of questions about the content, and a lot of people are really confused. They they keep asking like, the Jason is is this really free? It's like yes, it's all free. Like all of it, the map, Jason, uh, the new counselor, Mitch. Um, 
you know, the rain effects, like everything is coming in free. And there's like a whole bunch of other things that are coming too, like things that we haven't really talked about yet. And also a lot of bug fixes and stability issues have been addressed too. So everything is coming down the pipeline and, and we got more content after this, but uh, this is our big thing for the Friday the 13th. And then, you know, we'll gear up towards uh, the rest of the roadmap. And uh, they can find the roadmap and more information on the website. What's the website? Uh, F13game.com. Awesome. And we will have that linked on our podcast page um, so that if someone can't find it or just wants to read more about it, they can do that there. Yeah, we have tons of news. We update it every week. And uh, we put up uh, new content creators and like new link to new videos that we thought were awesome during the week that people were just playing the game and having fun, discovering new things or highlighting something cool. And, uh, yeah, we cover all that in the news and then some. So it's not just uh, news. We also give you patch updates and community, and we have a link to the forums there. It's like uh, it's actually a really informative and well-done website. I, I'm not just tooting our own horn. No, it really is. And whenever you decided to or your team decided to update it, just a couple of months ago, I guess, I, I think maybe, what, September, August, something like that. But Yeah, I think it was back in August. Yeah, whenever you decided to update it um, – I remember asking you, why would you need to update it? And I sent these screenshot that says coming 526. Yeah, it's like it'd been out for a few months by then. <laughs> like, why do you need to update this? <laughs> but no, the, the new site's awesome. And it is definitely informative. And um, some of my favorite content creators have been um, on display as, as content creators. So that's pretty cool to see. Oh, yeah, yeah, we definitely want to give back and highlight everybody who's been down with us since the beginning and who play the game, like, religiously. Well, um, is there anything else to add about the game before we move on to the main topic? We could talk about more stuff that's coming down the line uh, briefly, like, because we yeah. do have single player that we've been, we've been uh, getting primed and ready. We broke it up. So single player has now become three separate elements. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's no longer just uh, single player challenges. Um, we also have offline with bots. So a lot of people have been asking for a way to practice playing as Jason. A lot of people don't like to play as Jason, which is crazy to me. I love it. But uh, I don't. But some <laughs> see you're one of them. This is good. So so they've been asking for a way to practice as Jason so they can get better so they feel more comfortable when they do get chosen as Jason. And they can actually be effective and help drive the match forward. Because it's really – that's where a lot of stress comes from uh, for some people is because Jason is – basically creating the experience uh for all the other players and if if he's not doing a good job or she's not doing a good job the game kind of it doesn't really fall 100 percent flat because i mean they still you can still get kills even if you're not like super well because jason ramps up in power as the match uh goes on but yeah it feels like there's a responsibility put on the player to make everybody else's uh experience matter more and this is why we're we're doing offline with bots so people can have a playground where they can just practice and and even see all the kills like there's so many kills in the game and as if everybody's been watching you know that we were uh out in LA shooting even more kills with Kane and adding more stuff. So uh, Jason from Part 4 is going to have new kills, and you'll be able to go ahead when uh, offline bots mode comes and uh, practice all of them and see every single kill in the game yourself without going online. What else did we talk about? Oh, Virtual Cabin 2.0 is coming, and that's uh, like a a big reboot and uh, kind of reworking of our Virtual Cabin experiment that we released during our uh, Backer Kit campaign. Um, it started out as this museum, like uh, a way for fans who had backed the game to kind of see the game grow as we developed it. And as that kind of 
took on a life of its own. We added a whole bunch of uh, puzzles to it. Um, you know, every time we added a new, some new counselors or a new Jason in the Jason room, or we'd unlock a whole new room, we'd, we'd stockpile it full of, uh, like hidden Easter eggs and references to old eighties movies and eighties horror. And people really dug it. And, uh, you could even at the time check out, uh, the Pamela tapes that, uh, Tom McLaughlin wrote. Um, and get a preview of them inside of that cabin. So we're bringing Virtual Cabin back, and we're we're amping it up, you know, to the hilt. And then um, that's going to lead into our single player challenges, which is what everybody's really waiting for. There are kind of Hitman style missions that uh, allow you to figure out uh, how you're going to take down the counselors in what order and when you're going to hit them. And you know, they're 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 doing real things. They're get, trying to get a, star, a car started, or they might be smoking a cigarette, and you have to decide. You know, and they might be talking to a buddy, and you have to decide when you're when you're going to go and approach them as they do their routines and walk around the map. Because you don't want to alert anybody because they might tell somebody else, and then as soon as they start escaping, they might call the police or they might flee the map, and then next thing you know, you've lost the challenge. So you have to be really really sneaky um and plan your kills and kind of observe wait and watch and then stalk and then when the moment's right you go in for the kill i'm actually really looking forward to all of that um because as i just kind of mentioned i do not like playing jason <laughs> and <laughs> the times i've been on your twitch stream i think i've told you please i don't want to be jason <laughs> Um, I, I just feel too much pressure. You're right, though. Like, I feel too much pressure being Jason that if I catch somebody and I don't have a really awesome kill whenever I finally catch them, then they're going to be disappointed if I don't shift the right way and I just, like, go right past them, which I do. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have to, like, try to go back. And, I mean, it's just a mess. And so it's kind of embarrassing to play Jason and you're a mess. <laughs> so that'll be really fun to be able to practice. Oh, yeah. You're going to get good. I can tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. That that's some really awesome stuff coming up and especially with like you said the single player. I mean, I think that gets asked every single day that I've seen. So <laughs> every morning I wake up and there's Twitter messages. <laughs> I'll bet. Um okay, so of course, I said this is a Friday 13th edition podcast and it very much is. In addition to talking about the game and all of the content coming out this Friday, um, we're also going to talk about the franchise. So let me ask both of you, um, Justin, what was the first Friday 13th film you ever saw and when? I think it was part two and I was pretty young. I was probably like nine or 10 years old when I saw it. What'd you think? I liked it. I mean, uh, it wasn't the first slasher film I was exposed to. It wasn't the first horror film I was exposed to, but it was one of my favorites. Part two. I don't, I don't think I saw that until I was a lot older. I don't know why either, but hmm. Yeah, now that it's I think a great about one. it, I think I was like a teenager when I first saw part two. Yeah, um, and Justin, what's your favorite in the franchise? I, I think you know I might catch flack, but it's probably part three. Why would you catch flack? That's I'm not catching flack from anybody here. <laughs> well, maybe not from maybe not from part you guys, but yeah, I like part three. It's it's where Jason first gets his mask too. Yeah, like, like in part two, he's he's baghead, right? Right. And then Back. Shelley brings yeah his baghead. I I heard it from the man himself. I Steve know. Dash. Um, yeah, and then of course part three, like you said, Shelly. What what was the first one you ever saw, Randy? Uh, I believe it was the first one, the very first one. Uh, I believe I saw it on HBO or on TV when uh, after it left the theaters and 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 hit the movie channels. So I started there. But as for my favorite one, 
If you're going to also ask me, I don't know. Are you going to ask me I that? I am. <laughs> okay. Okay. I was hoping you would because I want to talk about part six. Part six is my favorite because that's when, to me, like Jason just kind of went overboard. He became the undead menace that he is right now, the unstoppable killer and slasher that uh, everybody knows and loves. Like part seven's great, and 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 I love part three. I love part four. I love two, and but part six is is that moment, and and really it came down to one scene for me: the RV scene after he kills Court. Uh, and his girlfriend in it, and then it just flips, lands on its side, it's smoking, it's on fire, and then he just gets out of the top like nothing's happened and stands above it. Like that shot and the shot in the opening where he, they do the James Bond intro, like they had me at hello. <laughs> I love part six, and as I said before, um, uh, I love Tommy Jarvis. I love Tom Matthews so much. I, I'm a huge fan of his anyway, but... Um, he really, like that character, is just one of my favorite characters of all time in Friday Thirteenth. So, yeah, that's why we brought him back. Not because, not just because you love it, but, but because <laughs> everybody loves the the older Tommy and Tom Matthews. Just really sold that character, and you know, because because Tommy Jarvis was uh, in movies prior to that. He just was. I don't know. Those other actors were kind of wishy washy. Young Tommy was great. The youngest Tommy. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, part five really wasn't. Yeah. That's some people's favorite, but mine, mine. not mine. mine So so the first film I ever saw in the franchise was the first and I was probably 10 or 11. And I remember watching it with, uh, my, my best friend now of like 28 years. I remember us watching it. And what was funny though, is that was the first film and I fell in love with it. A couple of months later, I ended up seeing Jason goes to hell. (laughs) <laughs> and I was so fucking confused on how it was still in the same franchise. <laughs> it it seems like a jump to shark at that it, one. It really, because you know, back then I couldn't like. I mean, I'm old, sorry, but like I couldn't Google it and figure out what the fuck happened between part one being the mom and part nine and eating hearts. Like I, I just didn't understand. <laughs> and the worm and everything else. Like it's just no. It got bizarre really quick. It was really confusing. And I remember being so... I I thought about it for so long, and it was so weird. So when I finally was able to watch them all, I was like, I get this now. Well, I still don't really get it, but I get it now. (laughs) I have uh, have something to say here. So later this month, I'm actually attending a short one-day horror movie marathon here in Houston. And uh, the director of that film, Adam Marcus, is going to be there, and I'm doing an interview with him. Is there any oh, wow. is there any questions you guys would like me to ask him for the interview since you guys are talking about it right now? I, I just want to know who came up with the with the idea for the worm and and how that became a thing the hellworm you know <laughs> hellworm Jason. Okay, I've always wondered. Um, so I saw the Necronomicon in the basement uh, from Evil Dead, of course, and then out in the front there's actually the jungle gym from the birds. And I've always wondered, because I've never gone back and paid that much attention to it, uh, what other Easter eggs are in there, but then why he decided to put like these, because I don't think any other film had these type of horror film references. And so why he decided to bring on those references. I've always wondered that. Okay. That's a good one. I'll ask both of those. And then you guys will be able to read my uh, interview with him later this month on horrorgeeklife.com. That is going to be awesome. And I actually forgot that that was coming up. So yay. (laughs) I'm excited for that. Yeah, you know, and 
I've talked about this before on like three other podcasts, but the Necronomicon is downstairs in the Voorhees house. And that's kind of where the theory of Jason is a deadite comes in. And of course it's explored more in Freddy versus Jason versus Ash comics, where it kind of goes all in on that theory. It doesn't hold up in the films, but it's a really fun theory to kind of get into. Maybe we'll do that one podcast. Anyway, moving on. So for Friday 13th, the franchise, we are going to talk about 10 kills that we love. And these are not going to be the top kills, the definitive top kills, because that was just way too hard to come up with. I was driving myself insane trying to come up with the top 10. So I just decided to go with 10 kills that we love. And I know both of you had a chance to look over everything. I didn't hear any uh, arguments. <laughs> so hopefully, No, you picked good it. ones. These are all good ones. Yeah, they're all solid. It's a good list. Thank you. Okay, so let's jump right into number 10, which again, these aren't really ranked, but let's jump into number 10. Um, the but they are. Death. <laughs> kind of are. <laughs> According to her personal preference. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Um, okay, so the outhouse death. I love Demon, and I hope he gets in the game, hint, hint. But I love Demon, and uh, this is from Part 5, A New Beginning. And, uh, of course, it's the iconic scene of him inside the outhouse <laughs> doing his business. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. <laughs> Those damn enchiladas. <laughs> yes. I, I have made, uh, I've put up many memes on our Facebook site for this uh, for this scene because I love it so much. And his girlfriend is outside and she's messing with him. And uh, and so he he finally gets up to check outside and finds her on the ground, dead, throat slit. And of course, Jason is outside or I'm sorry, not Jason, but Roy is outside. And uh, oh, you just spoiled the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they haven't if they haven't seen it by now, you know, it's kind of on them. <laughs> oh, I've seen people get upset about that. I'm like, it came out in the 80s, 1985 fucking watch it but (laughs) (laughs) but yeah and so of course he gets killed and what i think is really funny is whenever you binge watch the series there are so many times where characters will take a shit and nobody ever gets to wipe in this franchise (laughs) no no that's that's jason's that's his calling card dirty asses (laughs) okay anyway so (laughs) So, I mean, I just think it's such a great scene. I think the lead up to his death is probably a lot better than his actual death because he is an outhouse doing his business singing, ooh, baby, baby, and his girlfriend's just hanging out outside like, this is what I want to do tonight. It's so bizarre. (laughs) (laughs) It's so awkward and uncomfortable, but also engaging. It is, and he's such a great character. I I think he would look great in the game again, so... (laughs) Okay, yeah, so moving on to number nine, Hacksaw to the Throat. And this one was in part four, the final chapter. And the victim was Axel, the coroner. And of course, Jason is in the morgue and um, he grabs the coroner and he takes a hacksaw and just starts cutting through his throat. And I think that scene is just brutal because he's just sawing and it doesn't even look like a sharp saw. But, like, he's just sawing, and it just looks horribly painful. Yeah, it's definitely ripping his flesh apart, and that's uh, that's always a bad thing. Or a good thing, depending on your perspective. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when it's happening to you, it's probably bad. But, yeah, when you're watching it, it can be pretty cool. Yeah. I, I remember that scene, and it always just really stuck with me. And then, of course, he twists his head um, after he, he cuts through it with the hacksaw. But... That scene's always just stuck with me because it was really brutal, just painful. 
It's a fun one. Uh, the next one on the list is the arrow through the neck from part one, where uh, Kevin Bacon is uh, unaware of what's going on around him, and then the arrow just gets him, and it's bloody. It goes straight through his throat, and it looks like it's moving back and forth and just... Twisting. Yeah. Very painful looking. Not as bad you know, as the hacksaw through the throat, maybe, but not good either. Well, you know, in the early 80s, they would have kind of more implied scenes in films instead of just straight out, you know, we're going to to show this carnage. And the fact that the camera just stays on him the whole time and in theaters back then, like it would look realistic because they didn't have the same quality that we have today. Right. And I think that realistic shot coupled with the fact that the killer was a woman spoiler alert again i guess oh no <laughs> um that coupled with the fact that the killer was actually a woman that you know she was just under there like doing that that was just kind of unheard of in the early 80s before this film so it's pretty brutal for a woman to do that for a woman killer to do that back then yeah and i think it's 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 definitely uh one of the harshest kills in that first movie at all yeah i think so too and, you know, and the fact that they're having sex on this bunk bed and they don't know that the guy above them has his throat slit. And I mean, that was a pretty that was a pretty great scene. Pretty yeah. dark. <laughs> it really was. It definitely was. OK, so the next one comes from part three that we have mentioned many times so far. And it is unbelievably cheesy and fake looking. There's no realism here, especially compared to Kevin Bacon's scene. But that is the eye-popping head crush of Rick. But this is the most commonly memed kill. <laughs> I see this one on uh, Facebook all the time. People love to like post the animated GIF of it. and I mean, it's a, it's a very cool-looking thing, even though it does look cheesy and not realistic at all. <laughs> he like his head turns into what looks like a mannequin all of a sudden for a few, <laughs> for a few frames as the eyeball pops out and it's like what but it's still awesome to see yeah it is and of course they have that 3d gimmick you know that they tried with part three and so his <laughs> eyeball just goes like so far out and i have always wondered like what that would look like in the theater if you would have actually kind of flinched or just been like what the fuck is that? <laughs> but that, that movie's great for those 3D grip. Uh, like, games. imagine you were watching that film when it came out, and you were just sitting there watching your friend gaping mouth in awe of that shot, and then you threw a piece of popcorn in right at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, too real. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love that scene. It is definitely just hilarious, though. Uh, like you said, it's the blatantly obvious a mannequin shot and and giant popping eyeball. <laughs> um, okay, so the next one is the spear during sex scene in part two. Do y'all remember that scene? And oh, Randy, you have an animation right in your game. Um, well, it's it's a loading screen. There's a there's a loading screen where uh, the spear is uh, going straight through the bed, and two victims, uh, you know, a male and a female counselor, uh, are kind of fused together with the spear forever now. But but it's definitely not Jeff and Sander, right? No, no, no. It, it could be any any counselors that have been killed by. <laughs> I mean, there has to. It, not every movie, not every kill has been in in the movies. I'm certain. Jason's a killer. I mean, he, he kills uh, w whether a camera's around and watching him or not. Like, it's not just on camera. He's not a ham. That's true. You know, I think what was really different with Jeff and Sander's kill is that so sex and death through Friday Thirteenth is is nothing that we're not used to, right? That is very prevalent in almost every film in the entire franchise. 
But I think what was really different here is that Jeff and Sandra, like, they're so cute and they're so in love and they're cuddling and they're cooing <laughs> and it's just adorable. And so when he comes in and she sees him and, you know, and, and Jeff is on top of her and Sandra sees Jason coming and Jeff is just unaware and he plunges the spear through. It's like, you just kill love, like real love. <laughs> it's not just like dirty sex in the woods. You know, it was real. <laughs> real love during coitus. I did. I it's have always right thought that was, that definitely sets that uh, sex and death scene apart from the rest, I think. Yeah, that really established uh, the fact that Jason is a cop blocker. <laughs> he just wanted to get in some DP action. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> God damn it, Justin. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, number five. I don't really ever see this one mentioned as much, and I don't know why, because it's one of my favorite scenes. Maybe because it's from A New Beginning, and some people... You know, they, they don't hold New Beginning up as highly as the other films because it wasn't Jason. It was Roy. But whatever. Um, but it's the scene with Ethel and her son, Junior. And it is just hilarious. Like, there's a redneck family. And Junior, this very overweight guy, he's just riding his dirt bike <laughs> around and around his, uh, his yard. And Jason just... Or, I'm sorry. Fuck. And Roy <laughs> just comes out and... <laughs> it's the mock Jason. <laughs> And decapitates Junior as he's riding and his head just falls. I think that is such a great scene. And we're kind of putting Ethel and Junior together here. Because right after Ethel, of course, is in the kitchen making her big pot of stew. And she's screaming the whole time to come eat eat my stew. Come eat the stew. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> would you eat the stew? I would not. I mean, it was... <laughs> It was a huge pot of water with floating vegetables. <laughs> like Justin, would you vegetables. Eat the stew? No. No. <laughs> no way. Would you would you Ethel? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I just I had to ask. I had to ask somebody. Hesitated. But uh yeah, and so Roy just comes in with the meat cleaver, gets her right in the forehead, and she falls into her stew. I think it's such a great scene. <laughs> Especially as she's screaming about coming to eat her stew. I don't know why. I just always laughed. <laughs> <laughs> so excited. And then uh, she's passionate about the stew. And then Jason's like, sorry, Roy. <gasps> you did it too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's, you don't, I'm trying not to spoil it for everybody who may have missed the last spoiler or the last spoiler before that. Everybody listening has to take a shot every time we've caught Roy, Jason. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so next on the list is one of my all-time favorite kills, and that is the frozen face smash in Jason X. Jason X is a mess of a movie. <laughs> I mean, Jason's face. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> He's been asleep for 450 years. He wakes up, kills the first person he sees by putting her face in liquid nitrogen and just smashing it on the counter. It is such a cool scene. I've had the gift saved on my PC like a freaking nerd. I just love it so much. It's really good. Yeah. I mean, it looks amazing when it happens. It's a very creative kill. I mean, I mean, before that, who would have thought to do this? That's probably the biggest contribution Jason X has made. I would agree with that. To I'm, horror or anything. I, I do have a confession. Um, yeah. If you would have asked me my favorite Friday 13th film about six years ago, it was Jason X. I no. It was. How? I don't know. <laughs> you have to explain somehow, some way. Um, 
So I guess it's because of the beginning. I love the beginning of the film when he's like, he thinks he's at Camp Crystal Lake. Um, I loved the premise of him for some reason being frozen for 450 years and thawing and going on a huge killing spree. It was so hokey and so fun. And now whenever I revisit it, oh man, it's just so, no, it's not my favorite. (laughs) Deliciously cheesy. You know, there's a lot to like about it. There's a lot to like about it, but there's, there's way more to hate. (laughs) You know, the Android, she really gets me. I mean, she really grates on my nerves. So let's move on to the next kill. Cause the next one's the sleeping bag. And even though we're talking about the one from part seven, uh, there's also a sleeping bag kill in the hollow deck of Jason X. And I actually think the hollow deck kills way funnier because he just sits there and bashes the body over and over and over again. And the, the person won't die. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. And uh, yeah. And of course it's the reference to part seven and uh, when Judy hides in the sleeping bag and he picks her up and just bashes her against the, uh, against the tree over and over again. And such a great kill. And then, yeah, of course it was put in, in Jason X and really well done. Yeah. Very oh, yeah. And that's in the game. I've been, yeah, that one is definitely in the game. Uh, you've, you've been killed. So you, you, you like to hide in the tents. Well, so here's what happened. So, you know, I, I made this list, so obviously these are my favorite kills, <laughs> that are some of my favorite kills from the franchise. So one time uh, Jason was coming after me, and I knew I was out of stamina. I knew I was going to die, so I was like, I'm going to do this. I got in the outhouse, and I waited for a few seconds, and I just let him kill me. And I'm like, I just got my outhouse kill, so I'm going to mark that off the list. <laughs> and, then <a> sec- <laughs> and then another time, uh, it's the same situation. I was pretty much out of stamina. I, I had nothing on me. I was like, this is it. He's going to kill me. I'm going to get in the sleeping bag or in the tent. And I'm just going to let this happen. And so I let it happen. Got some great screenshots out of it. Oh, yeah. It, it, that's actually uh, Kane's favorite kill. And I, I think, honestly, if you were to pull all the Friday the 13th fans out there, it would probably come up as the number one kill universally. Yeah, I could see that. It's such a, I mean, it's such a great scene. And it was so unexpected that he would pick her up and just start throwing her against the fucking tree. Like, <laughs> Who knew that was going to happen? I thought he was going to stab her or pull her out of the sleeping bag. You just didn't see that coming. Yeah, we, we uh, during uh, the making of the game, we actually were wondering how we we're going to get a counselor to go into a sleeping bag. Like We thought, hey, maybe we'll have sleeping bags lying all around, and counselors would go in there and hide. And we're like, nobody's going to get in a goddamn sleeping bag when Jason's around. Like Everybody <laughs> knows he's going to smash you against a tree, right? <laughs> So and then then we were like for a little while we we're like well maybe he grabs the counselor and stuffs them into the sleeping bag and then kills them <laughs> <laughs> and and the, we you know the animators were like well what the hell is that going to look like <laughs> <laughs> you know it's going to be really hard for Jason to get a sleeping bag around their feet when they're struggling and kicking and, and trying to get out so and he has one hand around their neck it's like it's like that's not going to work that's going to look terrible if we try that it's going to have to like they're going to have to magically just slide in for him. And, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that, that ain't going to happen. So, so yeah, we settled on the tent. So that was our only way that we can come up with to make it any, any kind of viable, uh, to get in the game. Cause, but still people always joke, why the hell would you go into a tent when Jason's around? <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I did it for my screenshot and I got it. <laughs> nice. It's one of my favorite screenshots. So yeah. <laughs> it's as good a reason as any. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, so the the second to last one that we have on our list is the wheelchair death. 
I love that death. Um, and of course, it stars Mark. Um, and I think right before he dies, Mark says something about how he's going to walk again. Like he knows he's going to walk again. Uh, it, this is the saddest death in all of the franchise. <laughs> like, like everybody's rooting for Mark. A, he's going to get some. B, he's talking about gonna, he's going to walk again. This guy's so positive. I mean, he's in a wheelchair. He, you know, he's he's paralyzed and stuff. But he's got, he's so excited. And then it happens. He gets the machete to the face. That, it doesn't end there. And he rolls down the flight of stairs. A huge, <laughs> huge flight of stairs. And it keeps going. Bounce, 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 bounce. I don't think we ever see him make it to the end. I think it just kind of freezes. Yeah, it looks like it, it – I think it, last time I looked at it, it looks like it uh, kicks the wheelchair over and throws him out for almost a, just a barely a split second, and then it ends there. But it's the saddest one because it's like, wait, he, he was having the time of his life, the night of his life. It was going <laughs> to this amazing thing, and then, no, he got the most humiliating death, a comical death in a Friday the 13th movie. <laughs> um, so, so, Justin, this is from part two. And you said that this was the first film that you had seen. Do you remember what you thought when you saw that that scene? I remember just thinking, "Poor guy." <laughs> You're not. I mean, that's lie. really all you can think. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, poor, poor guy, Mark. What happened? <laughs> uh, yeah, that that's a pretty sad one. I I think that and the two lovebirds are probably because they're so <laughs> hopeful and full of life and. Not for long. <laughs> no, not for long. <laughs> so the first one on our list is, and this one is simply because it is so. It's, it's because it has a crotch in it, right? And I mean, oh my, a, a machete to the crotch. Come on. But yeah, so the machete to the crotch, Andy in part three. And I love that scene. Not only do I love the fact that he's doing a freaking handstand for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> Oh. Um, while his while his his girlfriend Debbie, she's in the shower, and he's doing this handstand, and Jason just comes up with a machete and just splits him down the middle. <laughs> just practicing my handstand. Nothing could go wrong. Gruesome. <laughs> and then on top of that, his girlfriend, who is pregnant in the film, um, is sitting down and she's reading the Fangoria magazine. Remember it? It shows the Tom Savini article in it so that's kind of cool but she's sitting there reading that and the blood starts dripping and she looks up and her boyfriend is in the rafters and just <laughs> mangled to hell right before she dies so that's well, a pretty gruesome, <laughs> gruesome. So, so really it, that's a that that was a two for kill right well, there two and a half yeah. she's pregnant yeah or three i mean three. i don't want I mean, people that's... to argue that with me <laughs> yeah that, that should not be the takeaway <laughs> argument here after this you should argue over which kills in what order they, they came in because um, i didn't yeah. write this list <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah i mean it was pretty gruesome it, it was a very i would have to guess as a man especially watching it it would be even more so the first time i saw it i, I kind of my balls kind of shrunk a little bit oh you know you had one of those <laughs> moments but uh <laughs> You know, that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't do that anymore. <laughs> they don't shrink anymore. <laughs> okay. This is taking uh, a turn for the worst. <laughs> I was going to continue there and I just decided to stop. So <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So those are 10 kills that I, we love. <laughs> I. <laughs> Y'all love them too. You I know. love them too. Yeah, they're good. 
Um, okay, so Justin, from this list of ten, which one was your favorite? Yeah, it's definitely the sleeping bag kill. Sleeping bag. And Randy, what was yours? I'm gonna go with the frozen face smash out of this list. Can't go wrong with either. I, if you could manage to get that into the game, I would be very impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everybody's asking for Jason X. They want Uber Jason. You know, it's like I don't know. Uh, they also want the frozen face smash, but we had that. We had those that kill specifically and the map on our stretch goal chart. So back when we did the Kickstarter. So you never know. Okay, well, since you've discussed the thought of that maybe being a possibility at some point, who knows, then I went the wheelchair death. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I that was talked about, too. We, I think somewhere at the top of the list, uh, we had the wheelchair survivor mode, and that was going to be one of the counselors we were going to add, and, and actually surviving as uh, the wheelchair counselor um, was going to be uh, a challenge. But uh, we never hit that point in Kickstarter. We didn't raise that much money because it was going to take a whole new motion set, you know? Mm-hmm. Yikes. I apologize because I I feel like you've probably been asked this 10 million times. So I'm going to ask you just again. Yeah. Um, so out of the game, what are your maybe three favorite kills? Ooh, I think the most psychologically like disgusting to watch is the marshmallow stick down the throat at the campfire. Mm-hmm. because Jason just grabs the counselor, pushes them down, and then just jams it right down their throat, right down it. And it gets stuck, and then they get kicked over onto the ground, and they just writhe. Like, the animation goes on for, like, ten seconds as they writhe next to the flames, trying to pull the marshmallow stick out of their mouth, and they're tugging on it once, twice, three times, and there's no give. It doesn't move. It is firmly planted down their uh, esophagus and it's disgusting to watch yeah I, I, that's never been done to me but i would have to agree that sounds, that <laughs> that sounds that pretty was, brutal it's pretty it's pretty painful yeah and then what are two more two more um i love the bird bath kill so basically uh jason uh grabs the top of the bird bath uh, uh and it pulls it off then grabs the counselor slams them down on it impaling them on the bird bath pole and then takes the the top of the bird bath and then bashes their head in. I had that done to me finally. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's a that's a really good one. And people just oh, it's an unassuming bird bath. What is that? And then when somebody actually notices that there's a kill on it and takes you there, then you go aha, that's fucking awesome. And then what's one more? You know the simplicity of the face smash on the side of uh, the Jarvis or not the Jarvis house, the uh, the Higgins Haven. Mm-hmm. Just seeing him brutally just smash your uh, counselor's head in once, twice, a third time, blood flies out, and then the, the lifeless body just drops over. It's it's just like a, a, a brutal and efficient way to kill somebody, and you could do it uh, quite a few places in the game. Yeah, I had that done to me uh, Friday night. <laughs> yes, the one time I died. <laughs> right. Um. <laughs> Um, and then, okay, so we kind of talked about the wheelchair death. We talked about the face smash. So if budget was not an, an issue and just whatever you wanted, you could have, what would you put in the game? Oh, the wheelchair death, there? sure. If the budget was not an issue, Mark would be scooting around that, that campgrounds and you'd be trying to survive and, and you just happen to have some reason to be up on uh, a <laughs> with next to a stair that just keeps going. And then we could have that death. I mean, there was like 110 steps <laughs> on that staircase. 
It's crazy. I, I fall asleep at night just dreaming of a match where there's seven marks up, just lined up, ready to die down the <laughs> down the stairs over and over and over again. That would be awesome. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Well, cool. Well, I'm glad that we got to talk about death and Friday the 13th and all of these awesome kills and, of course, the game. So, very cool. But wait. What? There's one more thing. What? I don't think I talked about the physical launch of Friday the 13th, the game, into retail stores and Amazon and Best Buy and Walmart. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be uh, – we to this date, you know – it's been a digital-only download. You can get it on mm-hmm. Steam, you can get it on Xbox, and you can get it on the PSN, PS4 store. Mm-hmm. But uh, as of Friday the 13th, this uh, this upcoming Friday, it, you're going to be able to go and buy it in the shop. You're going to be able to go and order it from Amazon, uh, and it's going to be uh, worldwide, available physically. Now, I think I remember there was some exclusive content with the physical. Is that still... Um, that is still a thing. You'll be able to get uh, some bloody skins um, that are exclusive to the physical version. Um, there's going to be some uh, bloody skins also given to the digital, but they won't be the same. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you really want that, you can pick up a copy. of. If you already have the game, pick up a physical copy to have in the hold, and you'll be able to boot that up whenever you want and go play the offline bots or virtual cabin or uh, the single-player challenges when those come out. Very cool. I will be getting a physical. I'm really excited about that. And of course, I just have to mention too, because you mentioned it one more time. I love the virtual cabin. Um, as you re- might remember, about a year ago, I made a, a video um, on YouTube, kind of a walkthrough of the virtual cabin just for fun. Um, pointing out all of the Easter eggs. Yeah, pointing out all the Easter eggs. And it was a lot of fun. And that's when I fell in love with the game. And I wrote an article about how it really does pay fan service. And it's going to be amazing for uh, people who have really wanted a Friday 13th game. So the virtual cabin is a really cool thing to walk around and check out and just kind of geek out in. So. Oh, yeah. And only a few people got the chance to to ever experience the virtual cabin because we only sold it to you know a handful of people on backer kit. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, a fair amount of people, like thousands and thousands, but uh, still nowhere near how many players are actually playing the game. I think we're at over 2 million players now. Oh wow! So so they're finally going to get to see what everybody was uh, checking out early on, and then even more. That's going to be exciting. I can't wait to check out the physical and everything that comes with it. So, okay. So next we have one of our new segments that we just launched last week, and that is a hypothetical question of the week. And last week, uh, our listeners got to hear what Justin and I would do if we woke next to a uh, body of a dead hooker. What? And so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what happens when it's up to me to ask. Okay. Um, so this that's week, it's, <laughs> so this I want to hear the answers. I'm gonna have to go back and listen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this week, Justin, um, you have a hypothetical question, and Randy, you're also free if you'd like to answer. If not, I t- we totally understand. <laughs> okay. Well, it <laughs> well, depends on what the question is. <laughs> the maniacal mind of Justin. Yes. Well, I, I decided to go safe actually, since we're we're talking Friday the Thirteenth. I decided to kind of go along that line. So. Assuming you were a counselor at a camp and people started dying around you and there was probably some kind of killer in the woods, how would you deal with that situation? And do you think you would survive? Um, okay, so 
for those of you who did not listen last week, I, I kind of just said, I, I gave a very honest answer and said that I would try to roll up the body. I would be messy as fuck. I would get caught. I would go to prison and be horrible. Um, or I would just get too lazy cleaning it up and let myself get caught. I, I mean, I'm just being very honest. So I think in this situation, it's kind of along the same lines where I would like to think that I would be a total badass, especially after seeing thousands of horror films that deal with this exact topic. I I would like to think that I would be a really big badass and I would like find, you know, like a MacGyver kind of a tool and I would I would be I would go from like soft to like super badass within, you know, 30 minutes or something and um, survive and not only survive, but get revenge on the killer. And none of that would happen. I mean, <laughs> none of that would happen. I, I, I would try my hardest because I really want to survive. Um, I think that I would panic, though. And, uh, and I would try my best to find a weapon, hopefully something sharp and pointy, um, because I, I would just prefer a knife. But um, I, I just have a feeling that I would probably make a lot of really stupid mistakes that you yell at people for making in movies. And it would just be bad. <laughs> okay, bo- bonus question. Would you piss yourself? I'll answer it too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would. I, prob- I mean, because that... And, I, I, I think that, you know, whenever, okay, like when you're playing Friday 13th, the game and you're hiding inside of a cabinet or underneath the bed and you have the option to hold your breath for, uh, you know, however many seconds, I kind of think about that. And I, I think that I would try to hold my breath and try to calm my breathing and it would probably escalate <laughs> like my breath, <laughs> you know, once I stopped holding my breath for like 15 seconds <laughs> and Yeah. It's a very honest answer. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Randy? Oh man, uh, I think I think I would probably. I, my my first goal, first and foremost, would be look for a good hiding spot. But uh, I'd probably get in the hiding spot and then freak out. I'm a little bit claustrophobic. So then I, I would be like, okay, there's a killer at large. What am I going to do? Uh, let's let's uh, loot the house. Let's find a flare gun. Let's run as fast as we can to anywhere to get out of the area. And I'd probably be killed on the way out. Like, I'm not fast. <laughs> um, I'm not quiet. I'm not like some ninja. Yeah. You know, Beverly, I'm more like the Beverly Hills ninja, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Farley. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's can... probably how I would die. I would be trying to be sneaky, running out of the uh, of the woods, and Jason would pop up around a corner and just off me. And I'd probably piss myself as well. <laughs> I uh... maybe it would be a deterrent, though. I mean, maybe... right then. Well, uh, that's a whole new tactic. <laughs> you pee on him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he's got you in the chokehold. You just that. unzip. He Does he run away? Does he get disgusted and have to go wash up? Does he go to the lake? Like, what's Does he, he turn into a rom com? What would you do, Justin? Um, I think that I would. I would try to escape first. I mean, I would. I would probably just leave everybody behind. I'm very selfish. <laughs> I would just be on my way out. If I could find a working car, I would do that. Um, like like Randy, I'm not very ninja-like. I'm pretty sure that I would make a bunch of noise, and I'm not super fast, so I might get caught. But I would do my best to just escape. You're like, fuck you, bitch. You're just out. <laughs> you just go. <laughs> Self-preservation. <laughs> That's pretty much where my head would be at, too. I mean, I think anybody would. Until it's on the ground. 
unless it was like your your kid or, or, or a close family member, you would like to think that you would be able to kind of find that inner strength and, and take someone down to save all these other people. But I mean, I think everybody would kind of flee. Yeah. So, it's sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So moving on to our last segment and this one is HDL recommends where we just pick um, an awesome film, game, product, comic book, whatever that we want our awesome listeners to know about. And uh, we recommend it. So, my recommendation this week is a comic called Blood and Gourd. And Ooh. Blood and Gourd, we reviewed uh, the first two issues, I believe. And they have a, a third issue. They have Kickstarter coming up for the third issue uh, here soon. But Blood and Gourd is just perfect for Halloween. It's about... Um, killer pumpkins. pumpkins. Are, <laughs> yeah, killer pumpkins. <laughs> they get tired of taking the abuse that we give them where we just gut them. We, we rip them open. We gut them. We carve funny faces into them. They get tired of it and they start fighting back. And it's a really colorful comic and there's actually a lot of really good gore in it. Um, and it's definitely one that I recommend reading around this time of year. It's perfect. And the Kickstarter, we'll have the Kickstarter up. We'll probably cover it because again, I just love the comic line. Uh, so you can look for that here soon. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I've read both issues as well. There's a lot of like behind the scenes kind of stuff going on in the book too. There's a lot of depth to it. It's not just so basic as, as pumpkins attacking people, but uh, I, I really like it. It's a fun, fun story. Oh, and the art's amazing. Like it's 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 like well put together. It's a beautiful book. Yeah, it is definitely. That's my recommendation. Cool. That's a good one. Uh, as for me, I'm recommending a podcast this week. Uh, the Black Tapes podcast, it just returned for its third season. And uh, The Black Tapes is a serialized docudrama about a journalist searching for truth about what's out there. Uh, she picks this guy who's the head of this research institute that tries to disprove um, spooky and paranormal sort of things. People send in these tapes of supposed evidence of uh, supernatural events, and then he finds ways to disprove them. And if anybody can prove to him that the supernatural actually exists, he's offering a million dollars to them. And so she's doing a documentary on him. And as it unfolds, the two of them fall into this hole where they keep discovering more and more things about shadow organizations and cults and this like ancient evil that's possibly coming back. And uh, it's a really dark and really interesting story. Um, I've been a fan since season one and I can't get enough of it. And I'm really happy it's returned for season three. So check out the Black Tapes podcast if you're looking for like a dark horror story to listen to. You know, uh, earlier, or actually maybe last week, I had a friend on Facebook. Um, she's a fellow horror journalist, and she posted about how much she loved it. So definitely going to have to check that out. You should. You'd like it. I think you would. Awesome. And Randy, do you have a recommendation for us? Um, yes, I do, actually. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I've been playing some games lately. Uh, things have been crazy for the last few months, but uh, toned down enough that this weekend I picked up Cuphead. And if you want a roll, a stroll into the past, uh, both artistically and stylistically, um, it's a great also retro platformer slash shooter. And uh, it is a ton of fun. It's hard as hell. It is damn near impossible. I've found. Uh, I've I've gotten stuck on many bosses and had to just like 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 trudge through it and play over and over and over again. But once you figure it out, once you learn the patterns for the bosses, once you get into it, it's just you you have this sense of accomplishment when you finally take them down and you get to move on. Um, there's a lot of cool upgrades for it. Uh, like I was saying, the art is amazing. It's like watching an old Fleischer cartoon uh, from the 40s. 
the music matches it. It really sets a perfect tone, and, and they've done a great job ca- capturing that era. And uh, it's all hand-drawn animations, probably some of the most lush I've seen in games at all. And I've been making and playing games for so many years. It's ridiculous. Um, I can't recommend this highly enough. Like, like pick up Cuphead. Uh, it's, I, I picked it up for Xbox One. I believe it's also on Steam, but uh, it's just mm-hmm. definitely a treat. Yeah, we uh, had a chance to review that. I actually first saw it at PAX, uh, PAX West, and I fell in love with it then. And we had a chance to review it last week, and our reviewer gave it five out of five stars, which I think it really deserved. And then I actually put out news this last week that they had some really great Funkos coming out. So they have Mugman, they have Cuphead, and The Devil uh, coming out <laughs> in the next couple of months. They had a NYCC exclusive. They only had 2500 but it was a set of both uh, Mugman and Cuphead together, and it was in black and white. Amazing. I don't even want to look and see what they are <laughs> on eBay right now. But, uh, yeah, so there's some cool stuff there. Great recommendation. Thank you. I okay. also recommend Friday the 13th. <laughs> The game. Anything else? The physical <laughs> release. <laughs> I'm just saying. I highly recommend it. Um, yeah. Not biased at all. <laughs> nope, not at all. <laughs> okay, so that wraps up our seventh episode of the Horror Geek Podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And, of course, we'll be back next week bringing you more horror, geek, and gaming. Uh, for more information about our podcast, you can check out horrorgeeklife.com and click on the podcast link. Uh, We're also available on iTunes, Google Play, most podcatchers. If you enjoy the show, please leave a review and subscribe. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Horror Geek Life. Um, If you'd like to follow me on Facebook and Twitter, you can find me under Horror Geek Mel. And if you'd like to follow me, I am pretty much everywhere as at ComicalJC. And where can they follow you, Randy? Oh, I guess if people do want to follow me, they can uh, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, I'm at RandyGBK, R-A-N-D-Y-G-B-K. And if you want more information on the game, as always, go to F13Game.com. And uh, the latest and the greatest is always up there. And we did mention that you play on the Friday 13th uh, Twitch stream on Fridays. And you play every platform, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. This week uh, we're going to be playing on PS4, but, yeah, we play on Xbox One and Steam. We rotate it up, and uh, I play with the uh, the fans and the viewers that are watching. Um, it's a lot of fun, and uh, it just helps me knock down uh, as many uh, kills with Jason as possible. And where can they find you on the platforms? Uh, I'm Randy GBK pretty much on everything, even <laughs> uh, going back to the Atari 2600. Actually, not really, but... <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, and no. <laughs> just to the NES. Just to the NES. Okay, awesome. Well, uh, thank you, Randy, for joining us. We really appreciate it. It was a really fun time talking uh, Friday Thirteenth with you. So yeah, thank I you. had a lot of fun too. Thanks for having me on. Anytime. You're welcome, and, and we will be back next week. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>